0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Book Club. First rule of Book Club is, you must always talk about Book Club. Second rule of Book Club is, tell everyone about Book Club.
1: Hello, and welcome to IRC Book Club, where the two grumpiest men in the tech sector talk about a sales book, and we either give it the big love, or we give it the annihilation. This is this week, uh, episode 100? 99. Is it? Yep. Right, happy days. 99, I'm sure of it. Might be episode 100. If it is, Great. We were going to have a big celebration, but do you know what? We're such humble, subtle guys, we don't intend to.
0: We're in a time of austerity, aren't we? So let's not. (laughs) So this week, we're reading How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, which has got a good title. Yeah. And we spoke a little bit about this yesterday, and I didn't want to get too into it because I wanted to save it. I think your first section has been more positive than mine. But we'll come to that.
1: Yeah. Um, Look, the title... You can't not be fished in by a title that says how to get a meeting with anyone. I want to know how to get a meeting with anyone. Uh, Too
0: to right. And then on the front page, you know, on the cover, is a review from Forbes magazine. So you think, fair enough. And, and, and he's actually, got a big publishing deal with Wiley. Yeah, and I mean, you, you look at some of the, um, you, you know, the people who are praising it in the front few pages, there's some top people there.
1: Who's praising it, giving it the big licks?
0: Uh, Some guy who was, like, mega at Salesforce. Yeah. Yeah, blah de blah
1: CEO of the American marketing. He's got some good names, hasn't
0: he? Yeah, you you know, what's interesting about the names is it's not the glittering sales community.
1: No, I mean, he's got Bob Mankoff, cartoon editor at The New Yorker. I'm not really that bothered what he thinks. No. Anyway. What, I'm bothered, what I want to know is what my, it should say, Mike Price. <laughs> no
0: one would let me. No one would let me do uh, a review of their book and put it in, in the inside cover.
1: They just. I let got me do more that. appointments because of this book. That's what we want to know, isn't it, Jonathan? We want to know whether it's going to work? Yeah, too right. So I, I, you know me, I go belt and braces. I go through the whole book, um, right from the preface to the foreword. And he's given a little brief base here. I think what he's talking about here and the, the overwhelming overriding point he's going to make is focusing on one contact at a time, which is very antithetic to how a lot of sales organizations are now built from a biz dev and sales development perspective, isn't it?
0: Yes. I mean, I read it slightly differently to that, actually. I didn't think he was going to say focus on one person at a time. That's, but I think we'll that's going to be that,
1: pretty though. much, that's, you know, he gives an example here about a guy who was going after a customer and they examined the contact's profiles and discovered he was a falconry aficionado. So they visited a website dedicated to the sport, found a beautiful falconry glove and placed an order. When the glove arrived on his doorstep, the contact was so thrilled that he made several referrals resulting in additional multi-million-dollar deals. I think Stu might have forgotten about the Bribery and Corruption Act.
0: <laughs> well, it probably didn't exist at did it then.
1: Yeah, when he's probably written the first version of the book, and then the foreword is written by Jay Conrad Levinson, who wrote a book called Guerrilla Marketing, which I have read. Um, it, it, there's a comment here that Jay makes. I believe he's the late Jay, so I'll be careful how to speak negatively about him. It says here, you'll learn how to turn the executive assistant into your ally nearly every time. You're looking forward to that, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> oh, lol. Yeah, I mean, we've been at this for a long time now, aren't we? When was the last time you turned an executive ins- assistant into an ally? Oh, hi. I was wondering if I could tell you about what we're trying to do. And could you give me a call it's an American, your... Uh... It's an American thing, that.
0: What's very interesting, as you know, I'm doing some work with a US software vendor at the minute, so I'm interviewing American salespeople. Yeah. It's a bit of a segue, really, this, but I thought I was going to be blown away by the quality of the US salespeople. By and large, it's appalling. Oh, really? Really, poor. They lie to you. They are reverential. They talk too much. And of all the American... I mean, obviously, there's some good ones, clearly, but by and large... I think that the American salespeople, bear in mind this is American guy, American book, I think they're just too reverential to go, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm not talking to the executive assistant. I just don't think that's the American way. I think, I think they will lie to the executive assistant because they dare not speak to them, actually. It's a more there's polite no, culture than we think it is. Much more polite. There's, there's no or very little um, disagreement <laughs> in the American way of selling, actually. So if somebody says, you've got to go through my executive assistant, I imagine an American salesperson would go, yeah, great. How do I make the most of speaking to the executive assistant?
1: Actually, Whereas you and I... Well, British salespeople. We we want to talk to managing directors.
0: British salespeople and South African salespeople, actually, I find, just go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, whatever, not doing that.
1: I'd be interested to hear from some of our listeners as to the extent to which they would attempt to befriend a PA or an executive assistant in order to give them leverage into speaking to an exec at whichever organisation that may be?
0: I would be quite interested in that. <clears throat> I would be more interested, which we'll never find, if, the, if you could create a graph that said target to achievement and a one axis and um, uh, interaction with executive assistant on another see what the correlation was
1: yes math an actual study thereof yeah i find i i I think we both know what it would look like yes anyway so let's get into the book yep so i'm on the introduction how should i read this book how to approach the book it's in four sections which suits irc book club perfectly yeah over over three or four shows i've scheduled for us to do this one in three shows mike okay happy days yeah because the fourth one is just sort of a resources section. So we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, well, so we'll that. over the next three months, the so section one, what is contact marketing?
0: Well, um, there's a, a nice definition of contact marketing on page 16.
1: Contact marketing
0: which, is the discipline of using micro focus campaigns to break through to specific people of strategic importance, often against impossible odds, to produce a critical sale, partnership or connection. A contact campaign is an instance of usage of contact marketing.
1: Okay. Can I make a little point before we kick off? Mm -hmm. I wonder if this is a little bit obsolete given the technology that's available to so many of us now.
0: Well, I mean, I've got to say I'm not a big fan of the technology that's available
1: to us. What I'm referring to is the technology available to us that gives us some of the data that we've got.
0: So, Um... for example,
1: we were talking about uh, Capital PLC the other day. Right. Right. And we were saying how they've got this ludicrous procurement process um, for recruitment services. And, you know, we both said, if only the CEO knew that actually there are suppliers out there that really don't want to work with them. Well, none of the good ones do. And I actually went on and I clicked on my little app and I got the guy's mobile number and email address. Yes, very fair point. Uh, and not only did I get his mobile number and email address, but I got his personal email address, his Gmail Yeah, and account.
0: let's be clear about that. You know, you're referring to Lucia. People often say, where did I get my... Like where did you, you get, get my, my number, number from? At Lucia, and they go, oh, that must be some dodgy back back alley s- software provider. So no, nope, well, they're an app
1: exchange partner. Yeah, Microsoft use it. <laughs> yeah, oh, You'd be amazed how uh, some of the companies I've spoken to who use it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I guess so, your point. Your, so my point, point is, 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 is this really sort of cunt. called
1: single the whole thing of having a cartoonist draw a cartoon for a CEO, when actually I can just ring the geezer, grab his attention whilst he's in his car. I don't know. I did have the
0: same thought, but, you know, as we talk about, you know, chapter one,
1: whatever it's called,
0: he goes on about sending out massive boards with, you know, a cartoon drawn on it, somebody you want to speak to. Now, what would be interesting would be to say, you've got Bill that you want to speak to of you know, Microsoft Corporation. If I sent Bill a billboard of a cartoon that I'd drawn... Now, obviously, Jonathan, my drawing isn't bad. It's not great, but it's sort of passable. Really? Are you call like a stick
1: mic. Yeah, it's passable. Literally, man. if I drew a stick man, you wouldn't know it was a stick man.
0: <laughs> no, mine's passable, right? I got an E in GCSE Arts, and right. but, it's, but it's passable. So if I sent this big board to Bill at Microsoft and... You know, he, he, it was funny and I engaged with him versus me getting his mobile and calling him. Because the getting his mobile and calling him thing, I do agree with you, but you've got to be capable of making a good call.
1: Yeah, you got to be really. And on the it.
0: marketing takes the edge off the necessity to make a good call. That's the difference here.
1: Yes, it's the it's the lit, the artillery before the infantry. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then we're into chapter two. What is a contact campaign? God, you've gone through chapter one quickly, haven't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, I have, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, let's be clear. He, I just want to go back on chapter one a little bit. He goes, contact marketing techniques range from cost to $0 to $10,000 per contact. Now, I thought that was interesting, actually, that what value the lead? You know, if you were, I don't know, you work for big software company X. How much would you pay for a meeting with the chief exec of a FTSE 100 company? You pay a lot of money. Would you pay $10,000? I reckon you might in some instances. Yeah, if you, know. you
1: were selling, a, an, for example, an enterprise ERP or an enterprise, some sort of big enterprise application, if you were Salesforce, sales yeah. and you could get an, a, would you pay, if you said to Mark Benioff, okay, right, you've got a salesman in London, he covers oil and gas. It's going to cost you 10 grand to get him an appointment with the CEO of BP. Would better not pay? I reckon he probably would. I think he'd say, absolutely no problem whatsoever. You can get my guy in a room with him for an hour for 10 grand. I'm in. Uh, That is an interesting
0: point about the contact marketing thing, which I think there's a lot of people who are relying on, you know, an outreach campaign with some black and white text, blah, 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 which doesn't cost cost anything. But actually it costs a lot of time. Yeah. It does cost, you know, there was was a lady used to work in uh, uh, one of our offices, you know, shared office space, and she used to charge £750 an appointment. Yes, she did. She lives on my street, Mike. Exactly, but my point is, people paid £750 an appointment. Now actually, you know, average target million pound, that's you know, 80 grand a month, 20 grand a week, you know, uh, five grand a day. What is it? An hour, 700 quid an hour. She went, well, I'll tell you what, for an hour's time, I'll get you an appointment. Whereas it might've taken a sales guy a week to get the appointment. So it might've cost the sales guy five grand.
1: Yeah. But so actually, that was an interesting concept so she, well, about we, paying we've for We've often talked about it, haven't we? When we've had people working as account handlers of what, how much does it cost to get a spec? How much yeah. does it cost to get a new client on board? And actually, what would you be prepared to pay for that opportunity? And actually, I think you and I, the point we're making is we're both a little bit derisory about, oh, Grodd, you spend 10 grand on a contact marketing campaign to get an appointment with a CEO, but actually, 10 grand's not that much money if you're talking about a Fortune 500 CEO.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, this guy is talking about sending out iPads with, you know, videos on. Now, obviously, you've got the Bribery and Corruption Act, clearly, but point being, you know, how much is an iPad? 500 quid. You know, send it out to 10 people, get six meetings. You've got six meetings for five grand. It's a no-brainer.
1: Has
0: it been worth it? Yeah, 100 It's a no-brainer you
1: know. that I think for a lot of companies. For a lot and, of you companies, know, yeah. I often talk to these guys. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we talk to guys that where you say, oh, what are you up to? Oh, I'm going out on this boat thing. Yeah, yeah. That the, there's a boat, isn't there, that sails around the Channel or something? And you go on, and you basically get an hour with the CIOs of like top 50 companies, and the CIOs get queened to ridiculous meals, and they know what the deal is that they've got to do speed dating for four yeah, hours yeah. a day, but the sales com- the companies pay like 20 grand to get people on the boat, and actually, what what, what he's saying is, look, what's your? He's not quite saying it, but he's saying, well, how much would you pay? To create something that got interest with somebody at that level, and actually now we're talking about it, I'm a lot less negative about it than I might have been when I first picked up the book.
0: Well, how much how much does an exhibition stand at a trade exit cost?
1: You know, oh, some of these trade thousands. exhibitions,
0: tens of thousands. And you're happy if you walk away with one deal? Exactly. Yeah. So so that is a, it, it, it's about the only good point he makes actually. But I think he makes a very fair point. Uh, yeah, and I, don't, I don't like the way he writes either. No, why? Um, it just, just, doesn't get, it just, just doesn't get very straight to the point. Why, didn't, why doesn't he say how much the lead worth to you?
1: <laughs> why didn't you just say that? Because the book wouldn't be as long and the publisher gave him a word count target.
0: And it, <clears throat> anyway, chapter two.
1: So chapter two, he says, people don't enter the sales profession because they're shy. They don't last long if they're not resourceful, so there are many fascinating stories of what I would consider sales stunts. I think there's a lot of shy salesmen out there,
0: Mike. Well, it's, it's very obvious when you read this book he's not a sales guy.
1: <laughs> no, and he, he references, very interesting, he references quite a few people we've had on the show. Dave Brock, we've had Dave on the show. Yeah, he references yeah. Anthony Anarino, we've had Anthony on the show. So I didn't realise he was in that gang, actually. I don't think he is. I think he references them. Because he knows the man's sales experts.
0: Yeah, I think if you phoned up Antonio Arrino and said, "Listen, you ever heard of this guy Stu Heinecker? He'd go, I'd say, "Yeah."
1: <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah. Well, they're both published by Wiley, so they've probably got to talk about each Interesting. other. Interesting. Page
0: twenty-seven, right? He goes on about this this lady who couldn't get an appointment, and he goes, right. "So the next morning, she parked her car in the spot of the contact, and she waited." Sure enough, the fellow found his spot occupied and fumed as he entered the lobby. Bloody bar! So basically, what this rep is doing
1: his is door thing, thing, we call it. Yeah. One of the oldest tactics in the book. Yeah. She, we, had a she candidate do it. we had a candidate do it with a, a CEO once, didn't we? We did, yeah. Didn't I just, go well.
0: I, exactly. I just think that's just poor that's poor advice. I can't see that working in 2020.
1: The Last time I did it was when... Um, I was at Emis, and we'd started work on implementing a project out of good faith and goodwill, and the client hadn't signed a contract. Right. The contract's been on the client's desk, but the way it worked out with the implementation was we started the work. We'd had people on site for about a week, and they still hadn't signed the actual contract, the document. And I went and sat at the customer site from 9 a.m. all day until he signed the contract. It was about 4.30 when he signed it and I refused to leave reception. I didn't even go for a wee.
0: See, they should have kicked you out.
1: He should have come, well, come out and said, what on earth are you doing? But he, didn't. Gone he, up. Play, he didn't. He played a power game with me and made me wait till 4.30. But I left with the contract signed. Anyway. But, 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 but that's, I think it's a very aggressive thing to do that.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I, I, you know, I'm pretty intense. I wouldn't do that. And I'm all for being aggressive.
1: Yeah, me too, but I wouldn't But I'm that. also smart enough to know what pisses people off and what doesn't.
0: Yeah, I think you'll intimidate them into giving
1: you what you want and never speak to them ever again. Yeah, I'm not buying that sitting in somebody's car parking space. Nah, no chance.
0: Anyway, so got, as we go through the chapter...
1: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's, on Chapter 30, he talks about contact marketing is based on reaching out to us. as single strategically chosen target contacts, about which at least some specific information is known... The method of response is always to speak or meet with the sender. Mass lists and business reply cards aren't part of the contact marketing mission. I've worked with a guy a few times over my career. He's called John. Very, 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 very good salesman. Um, Author of a couple of books about business. I know know what you mean
0: now, actually, yeah.
1: And if you actually interview him and say, how do you get your business? This is how he does it. Is it he's, yeah, this is how he does it. He does it exactly like this. He picks a company and he finds things out about people that you would never dream of finding out at a level that you would never dream of going to. But that's not he, what Johanneka is talking about. Not quite. What he's talking about is you know he's saying you get to what what he's gonna go into later on in the book is oh, you go on Facebook, you find out that they like Falconry and you send them a Falconry glove. What John does is a version of that, but it's much more business-focused in his approach. That's what I mean. John's version is better. Yeah. He cuts through it all. And he said sometimes he can spend one day <laughs> of work on one letter. Which would interesting is to see it's one of his
0: letters, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah, it's mental when you think about it. But he makes money for everywhere he goes. And I'll tell you what, he's a successful guy and he'll, he, he's... Bloody good! He's one of the. He'd make the top fifty for me of people oh, I've worked with. Look at him, top fifty! Woohoo. hoo! Yeah. What are you trying to say, pricey? Well, I'm
0: trying to say top five That's is an a good exclusive place to be. club. Top five is a good place to be. Top
1: 50. Johnny Graham's top fifty is an exclusive club.
0: Anyway, so we get into um, uh, th- page thirty-three. Most VIPs have executive assistants, uh, oh, <laughs> and your contact campaign strategy needs to include them. It's surprising to me that most salespeople think of assistants as gatekeeping obstacles. They're actually some of the sharpest people in the organizations. I'm not disputing that. They probably are.
1: Well, no, they definitely are, you know.
0: And their job is as much about letting certain people in as it is keeping other people
1: out. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm not a fan. I'm not, but I get it. You know, you and I used to dealing with quite low-level executive assistants, I think.
0: Well, we deal with sales directors, but, you know, by and large with sales directors and MDs. We're not trying to deal with the chief exec of Cisco.
1: No. Chief See, exec yeah, Cisco, of Cisco will probably yeah. have two or three executive assistants in a row. Well, the
0: EA will have an EA. That, yeah, yeah. That's the reality.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And those people will be MBA educated, extremely smart executives in their own right. Now, I've got
0: one in the security market, so, Johnny, who you, who you do know that I was talking to one earlier in the week. He's got an EA. And he used to have a brilliant EA. There was a guy called Steve. And when he worked for a big company, I never sold to Steve. But then after a while, I got introduced to Steve. Steve actually turned out to be supremely helpful. Like ridiculous. And actually, I got to a point with Steve where I'd say, listen, Steve, I need to speak to Bill. Steve would go, yeah, no worries. I'll sort it out for you. Now, actually, I think if I hadn't had sponsorship from Bill and Bill hadn't gone, listen, Steve, Mike's all right, deal with him and help me out. I think if I'd just pitched Steve without ever talking, you know, to Bill in the first place, I just can't see that working. I honestly can't see me being able to twist Steve's arm for Steve then to get me a conversation with Bill.
1: I don't know. I mean, we, you and I don't touch EAs at that level. No, we don't. We don't. Um, you know, my, my old house, when I was at, a young lad, my old housemate, as I started out in my career, she was the EA to the then HR director of one of the major supermarkets. And she latterly stayed as his EA when he became the CEO of that major supermarket. Um, Now she was an incredibly bright person, you know, very intelligent, very smart. And I know for a fact that there were a lot of decisions that were made that she simply made without him ever knowing. Where, so the question s- is, is, where stuff was delegated to her, just solve that problem, make it go away. And they were quite important decisions, but he would deem them not important enough to land on his desk.
0: So here's the question then. So let's say a launch reggae, reggae sauce. Reggae, reggae sauce. Okay. Yeah.
1: What was his name?
0: I can't remember otherwise i said it. He did really well
1: for himself, didn't
0: he? (laughs) Yeah, but let's say I hadn't been on Dragon's Den. I launched my reggae reggae sauce. I think this is going to absolutely knock the pants off it. I need to get into that major supermarket chain. I phone up your pal, Deborah. I don't know if that's... Whatever her name is, yeah. I I actually don't know what her name is. So I phone up your pal, Deborah. I go, listen, Deborah, Levi Roots. My name's Levi Roots. That was it. I've got some reggae reggae sauce. I want to speak to Bill, who's in charge of ASDA. What is she going to say to me?
1: She's going to say, send your idea to procurement, love.
0: Exactly.
1: Send your idea to suppliers. (laughs) Suppliers at, here's, here's, I've got an email address for you. It's uh, new potential shitty suppliers we've never heard of that don't intend to talk back to suppliers. And we're just
0: being polite. At (laughs) at
1: supermarketcorporation.com. That's the email address, in it? That he's getting.
0: Now I'd love someone to, to, to ring in or phone in or email in and go, listen, that's a load of rubbish. I won the biggest contract on the face of the planet. Ba-de-ba-de-ba. I
1: rang up and I sold, sold to an EA and they got me an appointment with a CEO. I'd love somebody to tell us. I just can't see it. Chapter three, he writes
0: a chapter on the nature of CEOs and VIPs.
1: Okay, actually, I can understand why he's written this. Yeah, 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 I can. Because I think some people don't get it. You know, there's, yes. a demo, there's a socio-demographic thing. I played golf with a fella yesterday. He is a CEO, and actually, he's a slight. He's wired a bit different to most people. He's wired different. Okay,
0: so let's make an assumption then that you're not going to like this, but let's make an assumption that according to Stu Heineke, yeah, that guy's wired differently to you, which you know you sort you sort of agree with. Um, he's very busy. You're a very busy person, clearly. Uh, Is his time more precious to him than your time is to you? No. But Stu Heineken sort of thinks that the CEO's time is more precious to them than other people's time. (laughs) You know, Uh, but my my wife volunteers in a school. Her time, to her, is as important as your mate's time to him. And I think this cap-doffing, he's a CEO... You think it's a bit deferential. Yeah, not into it. It's a real American thing, that not into it at all.
1: As I, I always say, they all shit and they all cry when their team gets relegated.
0: Correct. And I think this is misleading from this man. I've got That's to say, interesting. I think if it, it's just, again, a slightly sort of side issue, but all the sales books go on about CEOs are daunting, blah, blah, blah. You've got to talk differently, act differently. That's just not the case <laughs> at all. I guarantee that if you went to, you know, I don't know, anyone in any job that people would uh, w- would say is a bit demeaning for whatever reason, and ask that person how important their time was, are they busy? They're going to say yes. Of
1: course they are. We're all busy. We're all busy. I'm busy. I'm trying to earn a living Yeah, me minute. too. Yeah, me too. 100%. It takes my time to contact you about what I'm trying to sell. Correct. And actually, I think part of the art, of being a good salesperson, is having that little bit of, oh, hold oh, oh, on a minute, I'm about to give you 10 minutes of my time, mate.
0: Yes, that's what the Sandler trading model got so right about yeah. equality between buyer and seller. Whereas this guy's going, yeah, he to off you up a little bit because they're better than us. And I just, I do not agree with that at all.
1: No, and that's, I mean, that, that's very much not our selling style, is it? You and I.
0: Yes. So I think that this chapter on the nature of CEOs and it's CEOs not very and challenger, VPs. is it? It's just it's not very relevant. I'm looking around, because I've got a book on my shelf somewhere. It's called Selling to CEOs. Can't remember. It completely just disagrees with this. So I don't like that chapter. I'm not reading it again.
1: Well, I actually wrote on page 40. I'm 40 pages in and have learned fuck all. You have now had £200 of my time.
0: Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because chapter four, <laughs> I'm going to nail it's chapter what I've four. Yeah, and I've I uh, Chapter uh, based, 4 as ba- well.
1: Based on the value of my time, you've now had 200 quids worth of my time and I've learned nothing.
0: Because Chapter 4 is entitled The VIP Makeover, which, hey, I actually don't think he addresses the question that he's written, but you there we are. No, no, I don't at all. I, I, think he, I, I don't think he writes very well.
1: Well, he makes a point here before we go on to Chapter 4. He says you've got to check out their LinkedIn profile before you ring them. Take a look at their LinkedIn page, for example, see how they describe their mission in their current post. The guy yesterday who I played golf with, who owns about five companies, and most a lot of salespeople would give an appendage to sell to, doesn't have a LinkedIn profile. Well, just, you just know, doesn't got
0: one. I mean, you know the man who's like my closest CEO contact out of the IT industry. You know him. Yeah. I mean. don't I, 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 I don't think he listens to book club. I'm not sure you can read, actually. He does not. <laughs> I would say that because he's a nice guy. But, I mean, his LinkedIn profile is awful.
1: Well, he hardly uses it. And his PA puts posts out on it for him.
0: Well, I talked to you about his posts. Actually, I said, your posts aren't getting much like you. And I didn't know I'd been posting. Oh, all right. Do, I post?
1: <laughs> Do I post on LinkedIn? Yeah. <laughs> I would say 90% of the CEOs on LinkedIn, those, those LinkedIn profiles, if you are thinking... You can use LinkedIn as a tool to A, understand a CEO and B, contact a CEO. Please, whatever drugs you're on, get off them.
0: Yeah. Well, I I have no idea who the CEO of Cisco is and we don't deal with them. But, you know, as a good example, the CEO... There is no way
1: he manages his LinkedIn profile. Absolutely
0: no chance.
1: Sorry for for talking over you there, but there, there is no way he manages his LinkedIn profile.
0: So that's bad. So then the other things that he's talking about is establish equal business status. Right, so that, how Mike. I go, page forty-eight. Oh yeah, and, and the chapter is your VIP makeover. Right, brilliant. So, how should I establish an equal business status? I'm not a CEO. I'm a sales guy.
1: So, how am I going to do that? Yeah, I mean, uh, how are you going to do it?
0: I think well, a lot you- of
1: that is there's a often when we've been training account handlers where you'd say, you'd be developing them and you'd say to them, listen, you've got to sound and look and act like you belong.
0: Yes, you belong. You don't have to sound and, look and act like you are one of them. You are a CEO. You have to sound and act
1: like you belong. The two yeah. things are different. I often say to them, you've got to sound like the CEO of your desk, not, some, not like a 24-year-old lad smashing his phone all day.
0: I actually thought one of the best pieces of advice that I've seen in the book was combo prospecting. I can't remember the guy's name, but I thought it was very... Tony Hughes. Good book. Good guy. That's it, Tony Hughes. He said, if you want to sell to a CEO, say to your CEO, right, I just need your LinkedIn profile because I'm going to reach out to that CEO.
1: Great idea.
0: Much better advice than whatever. Um, and then we've got the other things that he says you should do. You should start a blog. Do you should start a blog? Still? Well, you should have a guest blog. Uh, And this one, I I mean, this one really irritated me. (laughs) You should join the board of a charity. So I'm not going to join the board of a charity because I'm a good person and I want to do something nice. I'm going to join the board of a charity so that I can sell to a CEO. Just nonsense, that. Absolute nonsense.
1: Yeah, he's not helped himself with me by referring to podcasts as internet radio shows. Editor should have... The editor of the book should have picked up on that before it went to press in this, but, in this version. But
0: in and amongst all this absolute rubbish, is a beauty. Was a beauty. Now, Beco- become an author. Yep. Now I think that that is a great thing to do because I would imagine that this man Stu Heineke, can now send this book to CEOs. and can go listen, CEO. Are you struggling to get? A- are your sales guy struggling to get appointments? Because I've got a book here. I can here and tell, I can tell how. you how to do it. Yep.
1: Yeah. And it's got great a great
0: thing cover. to do. Good it's a great book. It's a great book. I mean, obviously, he's a cartoonist, so the drawings are all pretty good as well. Um, but, you know, that, become an author,
1: great idea.
0: I very think good. really good.
1: And then chapter five, it, it, I did like this chapter, identifying your top 100 prospects.
0: Yes, I know you're a fan of this, and I do agree with you, actually. I think it's very important. About
1: properly focusing in on picking companies, picking prospects where you think, okay, that is a company that would suit us down to the ground. And therefore, that is a prospect I want, rather than just randomly piling through companies hoping something gives. Now, a lot of our listeners don't have that luxury, Mike, because they get targeted account lists, don't Yeah,
0: but you would hope their targeted accounts have been selected... Because of their suitability for the company. Yes.
1: Yes. Um,
0: You know, you you would hope that if your focus is the finance market, you get 25 accounts, you got 25 finance accounts.
1: Of course you would, theoretically. Mm. Theoretically. So he talks about having a top 100, a strategic 100, and an engagement 100.
0: Which I think is a great... I I like that. I'm a fan of that, actually.
1: Yeah. I think... um, Oh yeah, I wrote here, he talks about getting to know the list and he talks about how he'd approached some model in, in Denmark. I just thought, you've just written this because you want us to know that you married a Danish model. <laughs> uh, 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 do you know what I mean? I just thought, oh, shut up. You just want us to know your you missus is bang tidy,
0: but as Keith pros- Lemon would say. I hate Keith Lemon, but he's, but he's prospect better. Do you like Keith Lemon? I like Keith Lemon. He makes me laugh. Oh, I hate it. The whole stupid. Well obviously voice. he's been
1: crucified for being Bo Selector.
0: I don't know. I've never watched that. I don't yeah, know. About... Cru- it, it's <clears throat>
1: all been taken off and he's had to make public apologies. I don't actually know what Bo Selector it. is. It was a show and it sort of it, it was a little bit racially rubbish now right. that we look back on it from the old <laughs> days. Fair
0: enough. And,
1: anyway. And then he talks about getting to know your targets. And uh, It says, LinkedIn is wonderful for gaining a resume-based look at the person, for seeing who their connections are. Twitter is where you'll see what the target is talking about. I don't know anybody who uses Twitter.
0: i tell, I tell you what you do see on Twitter. I, I do, actually. And I've been toying with, you know, actually looking at it properly. Because what I've started doing is I follow people on LinkedIn now. I can see their posts, and then I comment on their posts. They very rarely contact me back. Hardly ever. In fact, I can't remember anyone contacting me back as a consequence of it, so that's how often. But when I canvass them, they definitely know who I am. Yeah, they do. So, that, so They always so that,
1: look at, oh, someone like my post.
0: Oh, well, these people are putting out posts that they're spending hours writing, and they're getting three likes. So
1: one, you're of the is, one of which is pricey. Correct, yeah, correct.
0: Yep. Now, what's interesting is um, I'm going to start following a few of them on Twitter just to see. Again,
1: I, I do look, Mike. So few of our contacts have Twitter presences and profiles. They have oh, profiles pro- that they set up in 2013. Um, but what I see predominantly is not a lot of activity. Now, what I do believe is top 500 CEOs probably do post on Twitter. Elon Musk what, posts plenty.
0: C- yeah, but he, he's an anomaly, isn't he?
1: Well, is he a CEO or is he a celeb? Well that's you know, what we're seeing with, sort of, that, he's like we're with, with Kanye, isn't
0: he? Well that's what we're with a lot of modern companies, isn't it? A lot of modern companies now the uh, the business is led by a celebrity of some kind. You know, yes. let's get it right. Alan Sugar's slightly different, but you know, why is Alan Sugar on whatever that show is on? I can't believe what he's on. Apprentice. The Apprentice, why is he on there? That's a a PR campaign. You know, why are the dragons on Dragon's Den PR campaign? Why does Elon Musk do what he does? I think he's a bit balmy, actually. Not in a bad way, he's just a bit eccentric, isn't he? But it's also a big... You know, when you buy a Tesla, which I know you've you've obviously got, you're being associated with Elon Musk. Whereas when I buy a BMW, who's the leader of BMW? Don't
1: know. No idea. (laughs) Correct. But they're different brands, um, aren't
0: they? Yeah.
1: But actually you part of the Tesla brand is this wacky CEO making ridiculous tweets. That's part yeah. of Tesla's brand. Yeah, absolutely. It's so a brand, okay. His tweeting is a branding exercise in and of its own self. So
0: let's look at, let's say we wanted to get in touch with Elon Musk. Would you follow him on Twitter? Probably. Because actually you know that what's coming out of his mouth is him. And he responds to tweets. from. He responds to tweets. That's the point. So, you know, would you Listenally, do that? Would off you- his phone. That's cool though, isn't it? So, so in that respect, Stuart Heineker would be correct.
1: I've seen people moaning to him about stuff in their cars and him responding in like half an hour saying, oh, crikey, really? We'll look into it. Right. You know, like people saying, I found a bug in the car. It's really pissing me off. Your engineers don't know what's going on. Right. Okay. I'll find out. So, but you know, he's very present on Twitter so, are other CEOs that present at that level? I don't know. Because no, in, don't our, know in our universe, the CEOs we're going after of our target accounts, they're not on Twitter. Yeah, I agree with you. Know, you. The, the, the bloke I took a spec off yesterday, <laughs> he, he's probably on Twitter, but it's probably to discuss a bit of Liverpool FC. Fair enough. But getting back to
0: his point about having, you know, prospects. You know, we had this conversation yesterday about about my prospect base. I like to be able to look at, yeah, an Excel spreadsheet. Laugh all you want, but I, I like to be able to look at an Excel spreadsheet and go, right, there's a hundred people there that that aren't clients that I'm actively targeting. There are a hundred people there who are my clients. blah, bar. Yeah. There's a there's a hundred people there that I'm going to look into to figure out whether I should go after them and yeah. i like to keep those levels i do agree with him so let's get it right i've pasted this book really and i'm not a fan of it um but there are a couple of good things in it he's got us thinking to and he's got us talking yeah. hasn't he I, t- I tell you what he has got me thinking about is you know my summary on this book i've not read any more of it is is it's how to get a meet with anybody in his case it's be a times new york cartoonist and then people will like you anyway it would be a bit like if Frank Bruno wrote a book on how to get a meet with anybody you would go, well, be a really famous boxer. You know, could not, Frank not Bruno. Already, already. Yeah. Could Frank Bruno phone up Richard Branson and get an appointment with him? Probably. <laughs> yeah, pro- yeah. Probably is the answer. <laughs> you know, probably.
1: Yeah, AJ um, wouldn't struggle for appointments, would he? Hi, it's Joshua here. Can I come and see you?
0: Yeah, this all guy right. you in, his, it, in his market, albeit is a cartoonist, is like a celebrity where people, you know, could Dilbert get an appointment with somebody, or well, probably actually, by writing a deal book cartoon. So... Scott Adams. Is that who it is? So, so I think so, yeah. What I want to see out of this book is him get away from leveraging his own personal brand as the metric that he got um, appointments using his personal brand. Because actually he could take his personal brand out of it his ideas aren't, like, aren't very good, I don't think.
1: And at that, I think we'll wrap up. Next week, we'll come and talk to you about section two, which is contact campaign tactics and methods. So I'm hoping we'll,
0: that'll be better.
1: I'm hoping he's going to tell us some methods and tactics that aren't about leveraging what is a monumentally powerful personal brand.
0: Yeah, yes, I'm hoping he's going to say, actually, Mike Price, you might be pretty crap at drawing, but how about this as a campaign? I'm hoping to leave the book with some campaigns where I go. I tell you what, I'm gonna actually, actually going to do that. I really hope so. I don't think I'm going to have to section one though.
1: I think we will. I hope so.
0: Really do. I, think, got, I think we'll be I've sat, sat here next week. It.
1: I think we'll be sat here next week with you going, Johnny. How much does it cost to buy a hundred bottles of vodka or something?
0: There was one somebody. I think it was you told me actually. Somebody had sent his CV on uh, some bottles of wine or something.
1: Yeah, I remember that. But you see, that's the sort of thing. Yeah. It's that, isn't it? That's what he's alluding to, sending your CV on a bottle of wine. Yeah, front and back. Yeah, 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 amazing. (laughs) And somebody going, I like that. That's creative, that's sharp. I'm going to interview this guy. Exactly, because you know you wouldn't
0: actually even read the CV. You just go, it's on a bottle of wine. Brilliant. I see your dog's barking. It sounds
1: like Jose's house.
0: I know it's because my wife and kids aren't in.
1: So when um, someone walks past, he's getting all together. No, it'll just be a
0: leaf. <laughs> and I left the door open foolishly to my office because I thought, well, kids and Wi Fi, they're not going to make any noise. Stupid dog. Although we did take the dog to the, the uh, haircutters, so he looks a lot thinner now.
1: Yes, we, we've finally been through that. Cool. Which right. is Good. And at that, we bid you goodbye. Goodbye. Catch up later, Pricey. See you. Bye.